Hello there! It's time for go to bed. This is where it all changes. The music's different. Things could be switching up. Yeah. Anything could happen. I could accidentally turn off my voice beater, meter banana and then the music would cut out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, hi everybody. You could. We're doing something a little bit different because we feel like we're growing. So sometimes people grow and they change. And yeah, their focus changes, but it's okay. Yeah, time for go to bed is still here. It's just gonna take up the second hour of the show. So we're kind of fiddling with the name Voodoo Zombie Boutiques. Time for go to bed. And here's the thing. I don't think I've been happier at any point in my life than I am right now. Aw. Being, being, you know, in a business with my wife and being in a home that we've done a lot of great work on and finally being independent from corporations and the man, (laughs) you know? And maybe breaking some ties with the man. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I'm feeling a, a spirit of independence, and and I noticed Susan and I we really like talking about what we do with our eBay store and stuff like that. But we want to kind of expand on what we've been talking about, and maybe try and impart some knowledge and help you guys do research to whether or not you want to end up selling stuff or you just look for a good deal and want to flip something real quick um you know because we have a, a fair amount of experience with selling all kinds of things on ebay but obviously yeah. movies right now are kind of our niche um yes. and uh so so we're gonna try and do some some fun stuff and you know uh talk about certain do's and don'ts and things like that and you know just because we feel like we really kind of got into something. And last night, I, Susan, you 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 played me a video of a guy who yeah. was talking about this is all new. Over the last year, like VHS tapes have taken off. Like I yeah. guess he said, eBay had over a million dollars in sales in VHS, and we had a significant part of that. <laughs> Not quite a million, but. So so we're going to continue on and we're going to keep doing uh, Dorothy and the Wizard and then move on to the next bomb book. Always in the last hour, we'll have our story time and stuff like that. And we're going to yeah, stick yeah. with Jerry of the Circus, but we're dumping, since we ran out of Wormwood Forest, we couldn't find really a suitable replacement and the Magic Island just kind of is terrible. So Yeah, I'm, I'm not into that. And I, and I, <laughs> you know, if you guys are into the... The Magic Island, you can listen to it on uh, Internet Archives and yeah. finish the story. But I'm just kind of like, we talked about it and Ken was saying, there's no music. There's no, I mean, no, they're not yeah. very dramatic. They do a couple voices, but it's yeah. character Would voices. Would you but... like to know how it feels? <laughs> yeah. But it's just, to me, it's just not riveting it's dumb. Radio. Yeah, it's not it's not as as good a radio story as some of them are and yeah. um there's a lot of great radio stories on 
Uh, the Internet Archive. Yeah, the Internet Archives for sure. Yeah. But, but also Radio for Humans. Yeah. I and, mean, I've I've listened to some things that I've been like, wow, this is great. You know, this is like really great pre-television mm -hmm. fun stuff out there. And uh, that is just not one. Yeah. And, you I know, thought it would it, be awesome. Yeah. And but, you know, but, but as for talking about like eBaying and, and, you know, selling and stuff like that, we'll talk about other stuff, too. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe... we'll cite our sources when you were talking about. A YouTuber that I was making you listen to called Walter Blake Noblock. Ken mm -hmm. K N O B L O C K. Yeah. But I, I thought he he was interesting, and we I listen to a lot of YouTubers because I just like them to talk about their reselling and their reselling lives. And I there's a lot of YouTubers I just like them to tell me a story. You know, yeah. like well, yeah. And and there, and there are a, a lot of a yeah. lot of cats that I like to watch. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, but there were uh, there was one specific thing I thought about um, uh, talking about for for like some mm -hmm. early 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 sales that I made on eBay back in uh, yeah yeah like yeah the two two thousands. Um, one thing you should always consider is. Something that, you know, only you can find in your area. Um, yeah, yeah. For example, we had this, um, there was a, a birthday event for Elvis Presley at the um, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland back in the early 2000s, uh, I, I believe, or like right around 2000, 99, 2000, something like that. I don't know. And... Um, Susan and I went, and our friend Stacy went, and to the first like 500 people who went, they gave out a CD single of uh, it was like three songs. It was uh, I, I forget yeah. what I think one of them might have been Teddy Bear, or Jailhouse Rock. I don't know, but it's it, just Elvis it, songs, yeah, yeah. And it was you heard but, them, but it was special packaging. It was special, you know. It was limited edition, and you could only get it by visiting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, it was like, welcome to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here's and a freebie. Here's your Elvis exhibit, and here's your freebie. And we were like, thanks. And it was in our collection for a long time. Well, not really. Because I started looking on eBay, uh, you know, shortly thereafter. And they were selling for like 100 bucks a piece or more. And mm -hmm. people, they, I think we were selling them to like people in Denmark or something like that. So... You know, there's there's that kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. People in Denmark are not in Cleveland, Ohio. They're not. And people in Cleveland, Ohio are not, are in, not Denmark. in Denmark. No. Let me tell you. And and then there's, there's other things like, you know, um, recent sales that I've made, and this is stuff that you could, you know, maybe find easy at a garage sale or something in your area, is... Um, I've talked about them before, uh, Big Chuck and Little John. Um, yep. and I acquired a, a decent amount. Uh, I found for a dollar, I found a VHS tape of, you know, Big Chuck and Little John's, you know, greatest hits, whatever signed by, um, one of the guys. And I sold it for like $75 because, you know, people Ooh. that used to live here, that stuff isn't produced a lot you get it and you think it's like a novel thing oh well hi this is 
this is something neat from my area that you know is is cool to have. But and it you is. Know, it has. It was limited. It, it, it had a limited run, and it, it's worth something to somebody else. So, sure. but hello everybody in the chat. Sorry for the the last minute uh, update on us changing up a little bit, but don't worry. Yeah. Story time. Well, story time continues with Dorothy We're and the Wizard. We're just story tell me it too. Yeah. And, so, yeah, but, but yeah, just if you are, uh, hopefully, Ken, when you uh, post this all, you're gonna hashtag reseller it, and maybe we'll get some new listeners. Yeah, I might let you go ahead. We do have hashtags. Go ahead. I might, I might let, I might let you go ahead and put hashtags on it because I hate doing that. So <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but we also have a Discord chat room, which we have. The tried and true friends, um, you know, from all mm -hmm. of our podcasting days, who are good people. And uh, if you go to our Discord for uh, Radio for Humans chat room, you'll find them. They chat, chat chatters, mm. chatty chatters. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, Living on Long Island uh, says, don't forget all that postage and handling and NTSC videotapes won't play in Europe. Absolutely. There's, uh, eBay is super, in eBay is super intuitive now, and uh, there, yeah. is a, there is a box for you to choose NTSC. Um, and uh, so people, you know, and, and I think a lot of people in Europe have actually acquired NTSC players um, because I've been selling to people in Europe and they know it's NTSC. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, just cause it's coming from the United States, they should know. Um, but, uh, but it's, 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 but then the shipping and handling, that's the great thing about what we do with media. Mm -hmm. You, you gotta do one of two things. You sell it for free shipping and basically you work your idea of what, you know, how much you want to make off of it. And then for videotape, you add $3 and 19 cents or $3, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I have a tape that I bought for a quarter and I think I can, you know, sell it for four bucks, I'll list it for seven. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, there, there's my profit on that. You know, if it's something that I'm selling for, you know, like if I sell some, a tape for some exorbitant, crazy amount, like the romancing the stone tape, I sold for $800 free priority mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I paid a dollar for it. I will pay nine dollars to ship it priority mail to you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but you know that's that's the thing. You know, you shouldn't be scared of the the shipping and handling. And another great thing about it is all you need is a regular yeah. printer and uh, a way to pay, like a PayPal account or something like that. And you just buy your shipping labels from eBay. You put tape mm -hmm. them on. I just put them on regular printer paper and use three strips of packing tape to adhere them to the the, the envelopes or boxes, and uh, then it's ready to to be dropped off. It has a tracking, you know, the the barcode and everything. Uh, you know, so so that that's yeah, and something you, you prefer that. But uh, I I did buy a Rolo printer, but we don't use it much. Well, it wouldn't allow us to do. Uh, media mail. So yeah, we had yeah, to go. We it. had to go yeah. into the store every single time, into the post office every single time for every. Yeah. And it's like all we're selling is media. So that's so, not the best option for us. Yeah. So, so and, and another thing to be careful of too. Uh, you know, there, a lot of things can be sent media mail. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. movies. Uh, it, it allowed me to send a video game the other day that was on a CD. Um, oh, did it? Okay, it cool. Did. So they say you, you can't sell video games, but if it's giving me the option, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I don't know if they're loosening that up or not, but you know, VHS, uh, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, hell, even, you know, LPs, video discs, you know, big things, eight track tapes, anything like that. That's all media. Uh, you know, the only magazines you can't comic books, you can, um, uh, books you can obviously and you can send a lot of stuff for a very small amount of money with media mail so if you do like say you have a giant box of dvds or vhs or whatever that you want to sell and just unload them all at once it might be 10 bucks to ship like 15 of them or something like that it's not it's not that much and you're 20 um but and it, shipping may seem overwhelming at first, but it's interesting. What even that's interesting once you get to know more about that's it. That's one of my favorite you know? parts. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts yeah. of doing it is is printing out the labels and putting them on. And yeah. you know, you do have to, you know, and you know, there is you do want to invest in and this is another important thing. You want to invest in if you're selling a lot of things that are the same. Okay, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, never sell coffee mugs on eBay. Coffee mugs are the hardest damn things to package in the world. And finding a box for it, it's going to be way too big or just too small, you know. Um, and just doesn't like mug life. I I don't like small square boxes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, it's, it's a pain in the butt. Um, so, yeah, stay away from stuff like coffee mugs and stuff like that. Glassware in general, you know, don't. I wouldn't mess with it. You can make some decent money from it, but that's where shipping will get you. Not with media. Clothing, you can get really screwed screwed up on, on clothing, too. I don't like dealing with clothing um, or hats and things like that. But well, we don't like clothing and hats anyway. Yeah. I mean, so we're, We don't we're just, like clothing. Period. We're just constantly naked. Um so eh, uh, that's what we that's why we have to work from home because yeah. we just sit around naked mm -hmm. and uh, just don't do that's, don't go outside the house. It's not true. I'm actually we look proud, out. Of, actually, very happy to be wearing long pants today. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm just bullsh bsing. Yeah. yeah, it's cold. It's gotten cold, and I'm I'm beginning to re. Uh, associate with my sweater collection which is rather nice but yeah well i got a lot of sweaters yeah yeah definitely and uh but okay so so here's one thing um i made mm -hmm. uh, after we made a humongous sale uh, basically what i was doing was i was i had a whole bunch of bubble wrap that i had been saving when we weren't selling quite a lot of stuff so like I had a you know a clean kitchen bag in the you know kitchen trash bag in the garage that I just every time I got um, you know an order from Amazon in a bubble envelope I stuck it in there every time I got something else I had some bubble wrap anything that had bubble wrap in it I was saving all the bubble wrap. Well once our sales started picking and then I bought Manila Manila envelopes so I'd wrap things in the bubble wrap videotapes and they fit in these small manila envelopes dvds did too fit they fit perfectly now i started running out then we started making a lot of money on some of the big sales that that we had so i said okay i have to buy ma bubble mailers so i found i found uh I went on to amazon and they had all these different bubble mailers and they they came in all these different colors and the purple ones, which is one of my favorite colors, happened to be like half price because apparently nobody wanted to buy the purple bubble mailers. 
So I got them. I was a little disappointed in the quality, but I still use them on like the, the cheap, cheap tapes. Um, if it's a $7 tape, it gets a purple envelope, you know? Uh, and I, um, you know, and so then I upgraded and I got some, some other ones, but it's always important. I, I never throw out bubble wrap. I don't throw out packing paper that people send me. I don't throw out decent boxes if it's a decent sized box or if it's not too beat up. Uh, I don't throw out the small Amazon boxes. I mean, boxes that are kind of useless to us are, are the, you know, big giant ones like Susan will get a daily harvest thing. But we're even going to, we have some lobby cards that we're going to be shipping out soon. So I'm going to chop one of those boxes up and make a big cardboard envelope for these lobby cards uh, for some. And that's called to Frankenstein a box. Yeah, I think it's an Argentinian movie. That we had the poster for, yeah. poster for, Mammy. So, Mammy. Yeah. Uh, M A M I. Mommy. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think it's like mommy, like, uh, hey, mommy, like, yeah. They say Puerto Rican. Poppy, mommy. Yeah. Poppy, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think. I don't know. But, but we haven't really. I just, I'm, we're ready to put that up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, should, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I just think the importance of recycling. Recycling. I mean, because I kind of feel like that's almost what we're doing. Because when we go and we make these big acquisitions of tapes, a lot of times people they're just ready to throw them out because they're just taking up space. I I, yep. I would venture to say that you, you know, the for the, there are so many VHS tapes just utterly destroyed in landfills. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that it's not even funny. And there's like a place in Canada that will recycle them. Yeah. Uh, because a friend of ours was telling us about that. And, and that's crazy. Um, yeah, she was ready to mail them off. She was ready to mail off her, uh, two big boxes of, um, VHS tapes to Canada to recycle them. Yeah. And she would have had and, to uh, spend a fortune to ship them. Yeah. And then we were just like, no, we'll take them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, you know, so I kind of feel like we're actually, you know, we're doing is like a lot of recycling with what we're doing, you know, with, yeah. with the, you know, packing materials, whatever. I mean, I, some guy sent me, you know, I bought a, a lot of things that I knew I could resell. I don't do this mm -hmm. very often, but I will do, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that at some point too. Um, yeah. but it, it's, uh, you know, the, this guy sent me a whole bunch of like great clean sheets of butcher paper. He wrapped all these tapes in butcher ah, paper. Yes. And so I just folded it up real nice. And now I'm using that as like, you know, an extra mm -hmm. layer inside my bubble envelopes. I'm wrapping the, you know, a tape and a sheet of that and putting it in there. And it's, you know, even better. So, sure. so yeah. And you know, the, the, uh, um, but yeah, and I'm sorry about your loss, Heather. I, 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 I'm really sorry about that. Oh no. So, um, but uh, but yeah. So so that's basically what we we try and do is you know cut corners where you can. Try not to be wasteful. Uh, you know, it's like it's um another thing too is if you have a printer and it's older. Fortunately, I have a relatively new printer right now, and um. It's, uh, I buy, I don't buy too many ink cartridges in advance because, and another thing too, you can actually resell 
to recycle your old ink cartridges. People will buy them and refill them and then sell them as refurbished. I won't buy those because those can mess your printers up. But uh, if you have, a, you know, if you have a printer and you're doing this, um, don't, you know, I'll only buy one or two ink cartridges just because I don't want to run out. I remember one time and I had to run out to uh, Staples to get these stinking cartridges. I couldn't get any help when I was in the store. And and they were so overpriced it wasn't even funny. So now I buy them on eBay. They don't come in a box, but they come in the little HP bag. So it's actually a real HP product and not a, you know, knockoff from China. Um, but you know it's uh you know that's that's one thing you don't want to get stuck with a bunch bunch of ink cartridges. But on the good news, the good news on that is if you have a stockpile of ink cartridges for a printer that you no longer have, you can sell the cartridges too because people will buy them because somebody else is always going to have that printer unless it's super 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 old. Uh, but then you might have a vintage collector out there who wants them. I don't know. What about you, Suze? Yeah, she fell out of the chat room. I've been talking. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, waiting for Susan to get back in here. Um, the uh, Yeah, there you are. Hello? A little low, but I, I thought it was okay, but what? I was wrong. I didn't hear any of that. Say it again. My power was a little low. Oh. I thought it was okay, but I was wrong, and it turned off. Okay. But I went and I grabbed the charger cord, charger, and it's recharging right now. Excellent. So I'm back, and I'm sorry. There you go. That's fine. So I was uh, early. I thought I was okay. No, that's all right. So uh, thank but you. But yeah, so so it's always important to you know don't overbuy uh, mm -hmm. your 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 supplies. You can find a, packing tape is one thing that we use a brand called Shermax packing tape that's cheaper than a lot. Uh, I think it comes in cases of like eighteen or twenty four rolls, something like that. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, I actually reused the, the box from it the other day to ship the mm -hmm. ro romancing the stone. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I uh, but you know, it's, it's a cheap tape. We've only bought one case since we've been doing this, right? Or did we buy, no, we th yeah. we're on our second case. Yeah. Yeah. I of, think we just tape. Yeah. Tapes. Yeah. We're on our second case of tapes. I, you know, I did one supply order a little while ago and it was, it was after we had a huge sale, so um, I, uh, I I invested like a hundred bucks um, in supplies, and I got ink cartridges, printer paper, um, higher quality envelopes, some large Manila envelopes because those come in handy when you have something that's a little odd sized that won't fit in one of your pre you know one of your tight fitting. Um, uh, envelopes. So, you know, that one you just, you know, kind of take and wrap loosely, whatever, and then, you know, stick it in one of those manila envelopes and you're on your way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so, you know, this is, you know, just, just some basics and but we, you know, um, I don't know if yeah, we've been into ahead. it pretty much, but, um, 
we've also been talking to one of my friends from high school, um, well, my buddy, and uh, he kind of started doing his eBay thing too, but he's not doing it full time. He's just, and he's like, well, you know, I made a little money. I sold some concert t-shirts from high school that I was going to donate to charity anyway. And <clears throat> it's just nice because he made a little money to take care of his car repairs and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, because not everybody's into it as much as we are, but at the same time, most people have uh, could use a little more cash than they have, you know, whether yeah. it be for just car repairs or, you know, something going on in their life or just socking it away for vacation money, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, not everybody is... is into it as we are but at the same time it's it's kind of a nice option to have as far as uh, you're connected to your store because you're connected to your phone who isn't uh, addicted to their phone and that's you know? the yeah that's another great thing about it. it eBay is so much easier when I than when I first started doing it back in 1998 because yeah. uh, I've been an eBay member for 23 years. You um, have, yeah. And um, I, you know, it was the Wild West back then, man. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the what's great is if you... It, now, I, I have an eBay account, but we don't sell with mine. Mine's like the research account and the acquisition account. Where mm -hmm. I'll... If I find a lot that has some valuable stuff in it, somebody has it listed incorrectly, um, sure. that's... You know, that's me. That's my job. I do that. And, um, it, but then the thing is, it, it, the eBay for on, on your iPhone or Android, if you do a search, there's a little camera button up by the search bar, and, uh, it'll let you take a picture of a barcode now. And I'm sure most, most people knew that. But if you scan it, um, and then you go into, uh, the, you know, you go into the, um, uh, filter. filter for what kind of search you're doing. You you search for a completed auction, and it'll show you what things have sold for. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you know this is and you know and you can Which do is that. Darn with, fun! It's really do, fun. Yeah, you can do that with stuff in your own home. If you have some books that you think might be out of print, or you know, uh, you know, comic books, uh, movies, CDs, anything with a barcode. If you have something new yeah. in the package that somebody gave you and you don't want, like some kind of piece of electronics, electronics sell mm -hmm. well, um, you know, just yeah. just don't don't go crazy. And, you know, if it's something super huge, you know, you don't want to, you know, be hassled to try and ship something like that. But, you know, uh, you know, a mess of books or something like that. That's that's easy to sell. But, you know, uh, even a, sing a single yeah. book, a single book is going to cost you three dollars to ship. Uh, unless it's a big coffee table book and it might be four or something like that because mm -hmm. it changes with media weight. Media mail. And, media mail changes with weight and dimensions, but very little. Very little. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it not like priority mail. Priority mail is like, you know, wow, okay. you There's an extra, it's an inch bigger than what you originally thought. And, oh, now it's $13 instead of eight to ship, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So sure. it's much more incremental uh, of a of a fee, 
but yeah, you know, in uh, it's uh, but yeah, anybody, you know, if you, uh, we're we're willing to help uh, do research on anything for anybody. Yeah. Um, we have sold a lot of different things. We know some things that suck uh, to try and sell, mm-hmm. and we know some things that are that are good. You know, because yeah. I, I mean, I used to sell comic books and toys quite a bit. That was a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody has Beanie Babies, no, they're not worth much. Uh, but no, check, there might be no. a super rare one or something. But um, but there's a lot of things that are, are really desirable. And, you know, we're all, a lot of us had a, a, a um, you know, are kind of 80s kids too. Uh, so uh, a lot of 80s stuff is always, always, uh, you know... <clears throat> Uh, sought after but you know again and a just, lot of 90s mm-hmm. stuff is sought after but i mean you know a, a lot of things toys that i mean i'm always surprised how those paw patrol toys sell for other people yeah. i haven't sold them i'm always surprised but another thing that sells really well is those littlest pet shop toys that i used to buy for my uh um niece well, didn't we you just know, see a video about the, the Fisher-Price little people and stuff like that? that aren't those things selling yeah. pretty well? I yeah. think they do, and uh, we might have a box of those somewhere. I don't uh, know. I let my sister take a box from Dad's house. Yeah. So, damn it. Um, damn it. Well. Uh, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. We can't nah, have everything. Sorry. Can't have everything. But no, you know, and and uh, you know, uh, things with logos from companies. You know, uh, old pocket knives that have logos, or or yeah. you know, kitchen gadgets that have local logos from like a you know, you got something. It's got the hardware store logo on it. Bottle openers. You know, all kinds of little things. You you you'll you'd be surprised what you know some things sell for. Um, yeah. so, you know, old board games, things like that. A lot of those will have barcodes on them, you know, video yeah. games. If you've got old video game cartridges, uh, I know super Nintendo, there's several games that yeah. sell very, very, very well. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff that holds its value and, yeah. um, you know, it's not that hard to get, uh, some sales up and running. Um, you know, we have a store out of necessity because this is our income now. This is our job, but you don't have to, you can, you know, you don't have to do a store. You you can just sell as a person and do, um, and you know, do sales whenever you want. But if you do decide to go the route of a store, the best advice that we ever got from other eBayers that Susan watches the rally roots people I um, love the Rally Roots people. I know you do. Um, <laughs> I just don't like what they sell. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, the best advice they gave was when you have a store, um, always list. Always, always list every day. Even yeah. especially when you're not selling something. Because, you know, we have lulls yeah. too. You know, I mean, we're not making money hand over well. fist every single day. But it are uh, the because we've put so much stuff in our store. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is to get to a thousand items by Halloween, and we're gonna crack seven hundred tonight. So tonight. So tonight. yeah. So um, but uh oh, a uh, Foxfire sold that- sold a saddle last weekend. Very nice. Got there quite a go. bit of money for it. Yeah. No. Now that's that's something right there. Leather work or or you know uh. My parents actually, uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know this, Foxfire, they used to buy old 
saddle uh saddle trees mm-hmm. um the stripped They're down crafty. ones and then they would uh they would build them up and do all the leather work for them and everything um and mm-hmm. uh yeah it's uh you know and they but they used to make tons of money off of saddles uh and they would buy they would go to an auction and just buy a box of old saddle trees for like you know 10 bucks uh whatever find one for two dollars at a garage sale or you know a farm Mm -hmm. farmhouse sale or whatever excuse me but yeah build it but yeah there's there's value in you know uh, a a lot of different things so yeah that's great if you sold sold a saddle um yeah saddles in quality leather work uh there there's uh there's a lot of money in that uh, we and have another another thing hmm. about leather work is um, Ken kind of got me into it because when he was a kid, he would it was something they would do together as a family. But um, it's it's very satisfying to do leather work and and pound into wet leather with you know tools and it's it's a lot of that satisfying stuff mm-hmm. like metal work, you know. But yeah. um, I really like it, and we we have a whole bunch of. Uh, half done projects, finished projects in this house that I should be selling, mm-hmm. you know, so. But yeah, um, my dad and mom used to teach, uh, leather, leather classes at the Tandy in Boardman, Ohio when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. and I would be bored out of my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, they'd like say, here, work on this coaster. Okay. Um, so uh, but yeah, and you know, that's another thing I have a massive collection of that I don't know if we're ever going to get back into the leatherwork stuff, but I have a massive, massive, massive collection of my dad's old leather tools. Um, yeah. stamping, carving, tools, stamping, tools, detail tools, you know, yeah, mal- mallets, you know, oh God, I think there's a boxes of dye and stuff. I don't even know. Um, but and and plus uh, we have like a whole side of leather i think that he bought a couple sides of leather in the attic yeah yeah so yeah we've got to, i mean it's it's crazy i don't know what to do with it if any of these if if anybody ever breaks into this house it's just they're just going to be confused <laughs> you know what i mean like seriously yeah. they're just like, what is this crap just take the really? tv <laughs> just take the tv i don't know why they have vcrs in here what yeah. the hell you know exactly. they're not going to be impressed well um but, here, here, here's something i did uh uh meaning to kind of be a break i don't mean to to borrow from my other show it came from cleveland but i like to call this what we just sold um, and we just sold. basically I'm going to find audio for what we just, the last three things we just sold for every show. So, uh, here we go. Uh, what we just sold, uh, today, um, or in the last 24 hours was a copy of the enemy below with Robert Mitchum from 1957, uh, Toby Mitchum. Hooper's invaders from space, uh, from 1986 Invaders from Mars, I'm sorry. And, uh, well, but the Invaders from Mars one, I picked that one because it was actually a DVD set with four movies on it Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Uh, It's something that I would have kept for myself, uh, you know, if I wasn't selling this stuff now. But it's kind of a hard to find. MGM did like these um, 
you know, discs where they packed four movies on. And this one was one of the rarer ones. And it sold for a decent amount of money. Um, and, uh, you know, and then uh, the other movies were, oh gosh, I don't remember. They were all Space Invader themed movies, but it, it's a really cool set. And then the last one is we sold a copy of Hellraiser 3. So uh, here we go. What we sold. We'll be right back. Hello there. I'm Dick Powell. I just finished producing and directing The Enemy Below for 20th Century Fox. This is a story born in the South Atlantic, which we spent years preparing for the screen. And it was filmed from this best-selling novel. Below is the story of a duel to the death between two men. The captain of a destroyer played by Robert Mitchum and the submarine commander played by the great continental star Kurt Jurgens. Here is the incredible drama they lived as they played the deadliest game of all with depth charges, streaking torpedoes, and 233 fighting men tracking, stalking, hunting each other through a thousand miles of exploding ocean. Beats me how they get men to do it. Do what? Go and sit in that coffin down there. Oh, they're not so bad off. Actually, they stand a better chance than we do in this case. It's pretty hard for one ship to surprise them. Their commander might be able to knock us off if he's smart enough. You think he is? I have no idea what he is, what he thinks. I don't want to know the men I'm trying to destroy. He's a devil, Annie. Somehow we must lose him. I'll kill him. Backyard. But no one will listen. We landed right back there, right behind the hill. No one will believe. I told you he needs psychiatric help. And soon, no one will be left. Dad? Are you okay, Dad? Fine. Because something strange is happening to the people of Willow Creek. Everything's fine now. David Gardner is about to find out why. David! I'm going to find my mom and dad! Help me! David Gardner! Canon Films presents... Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars. There's no place on Earth to hide.
vision is renewed. The power is reawakened. The fear is reborn. Because they have returned. Time to play. Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. Brace yourself for terror you have never imagined. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. And horrors you can never escape. And you wanted to know. Now you know. Last year, they brought hell to earth. Now, they'll take you Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Time to play. There you go. That's what we just sold. So, if, if all of our customers. Time enjoy to this. play. Yeah. So, I did not know that, though. I, uh, Louise uh, Fletcher from uh, AK Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, she was in uh, that 1986 version of Invaders from Mars. So, yeah. Oh. Um, and, of course, the hit Netflix series, uh, Ratched is uh, uh, starring uh, Sarah Paulson, is, is a really yeah. creepy show, man. Oh my lord! Oh, and I figured but out beautiful, beautifully done, beautifully shot, beautifully costumed. I mm-hmm. mean, it deserves a lot of credit. I yeah, enjoyed it. And I was just watching something the other day, and I was like, "Where do I know that actor from?" And it was, uh, it was, uh, and and gosh, what what was the, um, uh, what was it? I was watching him in, um, the uh, the the. Mm-hmm. Guy who plays her brother, um, in the show, Finn Whitrock. I don't know. Ah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Finn Whitrock, who plays the brother on um, Ratchet. He's in American Horror Story. He's in this season of American Horror Story. Oh, the the one that takes place in Cape Cod. Um, Finn Finn Rit um Finn Whitrock. Whitrock doesn't that sound like a name of someone? Starring on the Flintstones. Yeah, briefly. yeah. Or it'd be Flint with Rock. <laughs> Flint. Oh, we're going to the concert for Flint. That's Rick funny. Whitrock. I was just I was just looking at uh, a VHS lot that had uh, uh, the Flintstone. <laughs> the Flintstones meet Rockula and Frankenstone. I love that. <laughs> All about rocks and stones. Yep. Oh yeah. Sure is. Dash Rip Rock. Uh, God. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, so uh, some of them were so so ham handed too. It's like, oh god, Carrie, what was Carrie Grant? Carrie Granite or something? I That's don't know. Awesome. Um, it's it's always good. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I hope you guys don't mind us talking about this because we we don't really talk a lot on the show, and I kind of feel like 
I inherited something that when when uh, the former co-host of this show just up and uh, packed their bags, um, I kind of felt like I, I was trying to, you know, trying to, to, to make things work. And, you know, and, and I, I had fun. I always have fun, but I just like to talk more. And, and Susan and I, we, we don't really have much to say about the stories because the stories kind of tell the story. Um, yeah. And where it, so it's it's nice to just have a conversation, and if we can, you know, impart a little knowledge or to share some fun stories about what we do, uh, hopefully you guys find that enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so um, a, a couple other things too. If you feel like getting into into this, um, if you want to get really committed, even even on a on a lesser level, be the nicest person you can be to everybody you sell to. You don't have to send everybody, you don't have to send everybody a really nice thank you note or anything like that. But if you have a customer who spends a little bit more money than somebody else, uh, send them a message and let them know that you're, you're, you're going to carefully package, uh, the item, you know, tell them how you're going to, you know, send it and everything. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. Foxfire says kiddo needs to have a play date with Dino. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that'd be cute. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just a, a couple little things go a long way with, uh, you know, just, just being nice to your customers. It's, you know, uh, you know, send them, you know, and we even found Susan, uh, the place she used to work, they had these rolls. I should take a, uh, I think I have a picture. I'll try and put it in the, in the chat. Um, there's these, uh, old rolls of, uh, stickers that say, thank you. We appreciate good customers like you. So we kind of lucked into some rolls of these. So we have probably about a thousand of them <laughs> and <laughs> we're just going to keep putting them on the envelopes until we run out. And we're also going to plan on making our own stickers. Uh, and I'm, I'm designing a mascot too. I think Susan posted plans. a, posted a picture of our mascot over on the, um, uh facebook, facebook for page. voodoo zombie boutique we have a facebook page for voodoo zombie boutique um if you search voodoo zombie boutique you'll find it but we post different things we posted for the week different exciting things or you know different things for sale and uh we i just posted a picture ken drew of a of a possible mascot so if you want to see his fun little drawings you might like it yeah, so anybody who orders from us will get uh, one of these stickers on their envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> so 80s. Oh, it might be 70s. I don't know. The adhesive on them is pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, and we're not trying to sell to you guys either. I mean, it, we're not going to stop you if you you know, you know look at our eBay store. We're just going to talk to you about it. Yeah, Sorry. we're just going to, you know. Yeah, it, deal with it. I mean, it's not like we have a humongous audience, so obviously we're not trying to sell to you guys. It's just something fun that we, you know. We finally have jobs that we like, and and we <laughs> and we we're it's always never happened talking in about our it. lives. And we're in, and this is a this is another thing too that we're uh we're, we're we always have company meetings, um, because <laughs> what we try and do our day it usually consists of uh we cut we do a tag team on the auctions. Susan will stages them, uh, takes the photographs of them, uh, then makes a preliminary post, 
fills in as much information as she can from the barcode that, you know, the barcodes on newer things gr- give greater detail than things from like the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you can still get a decent amount of information from the barcodes uh, for director, actor, rating, things like that. Um, that fills in NTSC as well, uh, usually. Uh, genre, stuff like that. But she'll take the pictures... And then I go through and I, I do a deeper dive on the research, the researching on what things have sold for and find out if there's something special about the movies uh, that we're selling. Um, you know, like good example. I kind of already knew this, but I listed a copy of The Duel on VHS from 1974, I think. Uh, Steve, it was Steven Spielberg's feature film directorial debut. And so, I had know, no idea that was his first movie. So yeah. I learned something that's interesting. So, yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I put, you know, something like that in there. Um, uh, you know, if it's a newer movie, uh, I will I will do like write-ups on older movies, uh, you know, from, you know, the golden age of Hollywood, you know, black and white stuff all the way up until like the mid nineties usually, but the, if it's a newer movie, especially if it's like, you know, after if it's on DVD after like, you know, 2005 or something like that. Um, I don't do much with it because people know it, you know, it's, it's in the, it's in the memories of people right now you want to give, but you know, if, if there's something special about an older movie, you want to give some kind of special trivia on, you know, on it. Uh, maybe even put put it in the title. You know, like I just posted a copy of uh, VHS copy of um, Flesh and Blood: The Hammer Horror Heritage documentary. It was the last job that Peter Cushing did, so I put Peter Cushing's last job before he died. Yeah. Uh, so little things like that. Um, and, you know, IMDB is helpful for that. W- Wikipedia is helpful for that. Uh, my tome of useless knowledge in my head is good for that. Um, because I, I, you know, I retain a lot of information about movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but no, so so little little details like that are good. Like I said, if, if it's a movie that came out on DVD in the last 15 or 20 years... I don't give pay a lot of attention to to putting in special details. I talk more about the condition of the product, and you know that's important too. Uh, take as many pictures as you can of things. Uh, if there's a sm- small imperfection, get a close up of it. Um, but uh, but yeah. So but I kind of got off track. But so Susan Susan does the preliminary ones, and you know sometimes she'll just outright you know go and list them. Um, but sometimes I'll go in and I'll finesse them if I think they, there's information that needs to be added that can't be added with, uh, with just a, a pull down or fill, fill in the blank kind of thing, you know, because there are a lot of things that autofill things that happen, you know, and then things that don't autofill that you have to go in. Sometimes it won't know what studio, uh, it was, you know, the proper name of the film, Sometimes barcodes, the streams get crossed on barcodes. The older things are sometimes. Um, lower budget uh, companies who put out movies, a lot of times would put out 
they would have a single barcode for every movie that they released. It was just like, oh, it's a, you know, um, you know, because I had one one series of movies. Sometimes over the barcode, the store sticks a barcode. Yeah. And that's never going to read, and that gets on my nerves. Yeah, they'll have but their own. But if I rip it off, then I'll rip up the packaging. So exactly. That's not good either. Exactly. So, and leaving yeah. something, you know, leaving the, the, the shrink wrap on an item uh is you know it, it can it can turn a two dollar product into an eight hundred dollar product if anybody out there <laughs> ever sees a copy of uh if you if you see any copies of vhs tapes of uh sealed copies a lot of times um the studios did um white or blue typically white studio stamps along the lower tape edge or on the side of the tape or on the back where it'll say mgm universal or warner brothers home entertainment whatever uh live entertainment a lot of things have that um if you see something like that and even if it's a common movie especially like action movies 80s movies and even superhero movies like the more like the Tobey mm. Maguire Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies and stuff like that those are things that you have a good chance of finding sealed those things will sell um so you know it, it's it's uh it's pretty interesting and you know if it's from the 80s and it's factory sealed you're looking and it and it's a big movie like a you know back to the future something like that if it's first edition there are things to look out for too. Uh, you know, if you if you guys ever you know if you ever see something when you're out and about at a thrift store, yard sale, whatever, uh, feel free to send me a picture. You know, uh, send it on yeah. Discord. Say, hey, is this worth anything? You know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, we'll we'll help you out. But uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, you know, and I appreciate that. Livin but says, another thing, go uh, ahead. Livin says the key is finding a job you like, and that's what we've done. I'm so yeah, happy. Well, we made a job we liked. <clears throat> I mean, because my, my dad would always say, like, he worked for himself for a while and was his own manager, and that didn't work out for well for him. So he was like, no, don't work. Work for other people. Don't work for yourself. You'll wind up working so much harder for yourself. And it's like, I, I just find it better for me i like working so harder it's for myself different <laughs> yeah it's different different peoples have people have different ways to look at it but my father would have been horrible working for himself because he would have you know just stayed up all night and mm -hmm. never you know gone to sleep and worked for himself until they made all the money in the world um but <laughs> yeah well but, and um I was gonna say uh, one one. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Living, you're right. The omnibus collections of comic books uh, sealed will sell for beaucoup uh, bucks. I have a lot of very value. I have a, a Kingdom Come autographed set signed by Mark Wade and Alex Ross that's leather bound. Um, that one of these days I might sell. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm not into selling my comic books just yet. That's that's like my ultimate retirement plan. But you know this this VHS and DVD thing is working out so well. I I'm not concerned about dipping into the comics. Um, but next year I'm probably going to try and get my comics in better shape and pull out doubles and stuff like that. But for the time being, we're just going to go 
with uh, movies for now. Um, There's so many comics in this house. When we moved into this house, there was, what, 20 long boxes? Yeah. Or was it more? Was it? 50? I think I had about 20. No, no, it's not 50 long boxes. I probably no. have about 27 to 30 long boxes yeah. now. Um, yeah, and it, and it was just like, like I said, would someone please break into this house and take off? You know, just kidding. Um, well, there. Good luck finding the comics because they're all pretty, uh, mostly uh, tucked away in the 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 storage closet upstairs. Yeah, they are. Um, um, I was, oh, but I, that's the one thing I wanted to say about storage too. If you're thinking about selling stuff um, and selling a lot of it, um. Get yourself a good storage system set up. eBay will let you uh, mark your auctions as to where they are located in your storage system. We have currently 11 plastic storage bins um, mm -hmm. that uh, are uh, holding all of our merch. So when I go out to the garage and I look for uh, a tape or a DVD, it's like, okay, what box is this in? Unless it's brand new and we just listed it and it's like, it's right here, you know? Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we have like bins one through uh, 10, although we have an 11th one because it's all DVDs. We just decided it's, it's a huge bin, so I'm not going to put VHS in a huge bin. DVDs weigh mm -hmm. a lot less, obviously, so... So I don't much wanna, less. Don't want to dislocate my shoulders picking it up, um, mm -hmm. and it's a kind of a crappy bin my sister bought, and it's pretty low quality. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty low quality, and then Tennessee jumped on it to impress us and, and cracked, cracked the, lid. the lid. It was hysterical. Get the duct tape, and I did. He's not a big it. cat. He's not a big cat. No, but I think it was a you know he he found the the flaw, and um, and exploited it. But, um, uh, yeah, so that, that's important. Uh, you know, and that's, that's, you know, uh, Real making quick, sure you know where your stuff is because when we first started, uh, we were a little disorganized and where things were and we couldn't find certain things. So we, we started condensing things down and now that we're selling things out of like the older bins, I went out to the garage last night and I was like, okay, instead of trying to take this and then recode all these older things and say we're moving them to bin four or whatever now like bin four there's room for 20 tapes in it because we've sold a lot of stuff out of that because it's older and i so i come in with a, a list for susan and i was like okay your next 20 listings all go in four so code it for four and then yeah. i take them out and, and do that so so it's it's good to you know and, and we're, we're still trying to dig out from like real and, real quick yeah yeah go ahead it's it's not my imagination, um, you know. Levin was talking about comic books, but there's a, a company that grades comic books called IGS Grading System, um, you know, and and they're called American well, Investment Grading Services, and they do video games and VHS tapes now. They do records, they do comics, they do all kinds of things, but they're doing VHS. So it's not just us that are realizing the value of VHS. You know? Yeah. So, 
So, uh, but yeah, and another thing too, uh, if you have a product that is musty, because we've acquired some things that had a certain level of must in them, um, what's really cool is if you're storing stuff in, in like your garage or something and it gets warm and stuff, um, you know, VHS will, will hold up to a fair amount of heat, but I, if it's a really hot day, I'll air the garage out, uh, open up the door and everything and, you know, get a breeze going in there. Um, cause there's the man door and the, in the front door. So, you know, a, a breeze will go through there nicely. But if you have something that is musty, um, two things you can do, set it out in the sun for a couple hours on a nice sunny day, nice sunny, non-humid day. Uh, no precipitation, make sure it's not going to rain. Um, or what I've been doing is I bought a bunch of boxes of my favorite incense, the Sathya Sai Baba Nag Champa. Uh, yes. Isn't that impressive? I can say that, um, <laughs> uh, it's the Nag Champa in the blue box with like a little red and white, uh, uh, label on it. Um, and it smells wonderful and you don't even have to burn it for it to kind of have its scent permeate something if you have it closed in a box of other stuff. So I put a full box of this incense in with the tapes and it really takes it out and it leaves just a nice little fragrant aroma that will probably fade over time and then and Nag Champa, it the best way to describe it for me i think is kind of a vaguely herbal soap mm -hmm. so i think it kind of has that clean smell to it yeah. a little herbal but a little clean yeah i love that living long island says slab your books so you can never read them again uh yeah, yeah. It, it, i i this grading stuff is it's ludicrous to me i know people have been buying our stuff to get it graded more power to you goofball um yeah. so you know uh it, i i just don't uh, i i would rather sell i i like selling to people who watch stuff too uh but you know if somebody wants to, sell, to buy something and get it graded put hanging on their wall great i don't see the appeal in that i you know i don't think that that makes an attractive collection so anyway um uh we should probably go to the break because we're over we're, we're cutting into story time so how about yeah. uh we take a quick break with some cereal commercials and we'll uh we'll get into story time all right all right we'll be right back come to the honeycomb hideout I'm Mr. Big and I'm tired of small cereals. Give me something with a big, big bite. Honeycomb's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. Honeycomb's got a big, big bite. Big, big taste and a big, big bite. Right, a nutritious breakfast for folks. Honeycomb gives you a big bite. Big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. You like my coat? It's made of gold and sugar. Mmm. Tastes like the golden sugar coating on the super sugar crisp. Hey, boss, look! Yeah, a golden bear. Hold on, this is a golden sugar coat. Mmm, mmm, it's just like my cereal's golden sugar coating. Mmm, mm. Golden sugar coating makes my cereal... Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah! And post-super sugar crisp cereal's part of a balanced breakfast. I love your cereal's golden sugar coating. That's why they call me sugar bear. Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly, crunchy, golden brown Wheaties Flakes tomorrow morning? 
Ask your mother to let you have a cereal you'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big, husky cereal for wide-awake fellows and girls who not only star things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Wheaties, too. For most any fellow's or girl's mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing whole wheat cereal every morning. And your mother probably knows, too, that authorities now recognize that Wheaties supply the very same amount of heat-producing units you need to help keep your body warm these cold winter days as a cooked cereal does. So you can be sure she'll be glad to let you have all the Wheaties you want to eat this winter if you ask her for them. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association whenever she buys Wheaties. That seal means much to her. It tells her that Wheaties are a pure product, honestly advertised. And another thing, remind your mother that lots of grocers are featuring Wheaties and bananas now. Ask her to get some of each next time she goes to the store. Try that delicious breakfast combination tomorrow morning. You'll say it's swell. Try Wheaties, they're whole wheat with all of the brands. Want to try Wheaties, for wheat is the best food of man. They're crispy, they're crunchy the whole year through. Jack Hampton never tires of them and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties. The best Honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. You can take this. An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey It's honey that Cheerios. back again in familiar territory that's right same music that dreamy dreamy music to gently sing you to sleep you're accepting <laughs> so yeah so uh thank you again hopefully uh you guys don't mind the little change up um but you know we're still gonna do stories uh again we're gonna continue on with dorothy uh, uh all the, the bomb books we're gonna keep going with all the bomb books and, uh, of course, because we all need our kiddo fix. Mm -hmm. 
and, and we got uh, a kiddo teaser of yeah. a little piglet and a little piglet time time permitting we'll do one or two jerry of the circus probably just one tonight um but uh oh another teaser mm, so double teaser, teaser. Night. wow so cool. um so yeah so tonight we're into chapters 15 and 16 of dorothy and the wizard of oz the librivox uh presentation the guy we've been listening to for a while whose name <laughs> i probably should remember but i don't um, and sorry if this throws a monkey wrench in how you want to do kiddo drops, uh, um, Foxfire, but, you know, we still, still want and love that artwork. So, love um, it. and, uh, of course I'm probably cutting down on my coloring time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I will, I will fly like the wind. I will always have it colored before the end of the Color day. like the wind. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we should probably just go ahead and get straight into it then. Um, I can just let the music run and start playing the next chapter. What do you say? Let's do it. Chapter 15 of Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Old friends are reunited. Many servants dressed in handsome uniforms stood ready to welcome the new arrivals, and when the wizard got out of the buggy, a pretty girl in a green gown cried out in surprise, Why, it's Oz, the wonderful wizard, come back again. The little man looked at her closely, and then took both the maiden's hands in his, and shook them cordially. On my word, he exclaimed, it's little Jellia Jam, as pert and pretty as ever. Why not, Mr. Wizard? asked Jellia, bowing low. But I'm afraid you cannot rule an Emerald City as you used to, because we now have a beautiful princess whom everyone loves dearly. And the people will not willingly part with her, added a tall soldier in a Captain General's uniform. The wizard turned to look at him. Did you not wear green whiskers at one time? he asked. Yes, said the soldier, but I shaved them off long ago, and since then I have risen from a private to be the chief general of the royal armies. That's nice, said the little man, but I assure you, my good people, that I do not wish to rule the Emerald City, he added earnestly. In that case you are very welcome, cried all the servants, and it pleased the wizard to note the respect with which the royal retainers bowed before him. His fame had not been forgotten in the land of Oz by any means. "'Where is Dorothy?' inquired Zeb anxiously, as he left the buggy and stood beside his friend the little wizard. "'She is with the Princess Ozma in the private rooms of the palace,' replied Jellia Jam. "'But she has ordered me to make you welcome and to show you to your apartments.' The boy looked around him with wondering eyes. Such magnificence and wealth as was displayed in this palace was more than he had ever dreamed of, and he could scarcely believe that all the gorgeous glitter was real and not tinsel. "'What is to become of me?' asked the horse uneasily. He had seen considerable of life in the cities in his younger days, and knew that this regal palace was no place for him. 
It perplexed even Jellia Jam for a time to know what to do with the animal. The green maiden was much astonished at the sight of so unusual a creature. For horses were unknown in this land, but those who lived in the Emerald City were apt to be astonished by queer sights. So, after inspecting the cab horse and noting the mild look in his big eyes, the girl decided not to be afraid of him. There are no stables here, said the wizard, unless some have been built since I went away. We have never needed them before, answered Jellia, for the sawhorse lives in a room of the palace, being much smaller and more natural in appearance than this great beast you have brought with you. Do you mean that I'm a freak? asked Jim angrily. Oh, no, she hastened to say. There may be many more like you in the place you come from, but in Oz any horse but a sawhorse is unusual. This mollified Jim a little, and after some thought, the green maiden decided to give the cab horse a room in the palace, such a big building having many rooms that were seldom in use. So Zeb unharnessed Jim, and several of the servants then led the horse around to the rear, where they selected a nice large apartment that he could have all to himself. Then Jellia said to the wizard, Your own room, which was back of the great throne room, has been vacant ever since you left us. Would you like it again? Yes, indeed, returned the little man. It will seem like being at home again, for I lived in that room for many, many years. He knew the way to it and a servant followed him, carrying his satchel. Zeb was also escorted to a room so grand and beautiful that he almost feared to sit in the chairs or lie upon the bed, lest he might dim their splendor. In the closets he discovered many fancy costumes of rich velvets and brocades, and one of the attendants told him to dress himself in any of the clothes that pleased him, and to be prepared to dine with the princess and Dorothy in an hour's time. Opening from the chamber was a fine bathroom, having a marble tub with perfumed water. So the boy, still dazed by the novelty of his surroundings, indulged in a good bath, and then selected a maroon velvet costume with silver buttons to replace his own soiled and much-worn clothing. There were silk stockings and soft leather slippers with diamond buckles to accompany his new costume, and when he was fully dressed, Zeb looked much more dignified and imposing than ever before in his life. He was all ready when an attendant came to escort him to the presence of the princess. He followed bashfully, and was ushered into a room more dainty and attractive than it was splendid. Here he found Dorothy seated beside a young girl, so marvelously beautiful that the boy stopped suddenly with a gasp of admiration. But Dorothy sprang up and ran to seize her friend's hand, drawing him impulsively toward the lovely princess, who smiled most graciously upon her guest. Then the wizard entered, and his presence relieved the boy's embarrassment. The little man was clothed in black velvet, with many sparkling emerald ornaments decorating his breast, but his bald head and wrinkled features made him appear more amusing than impressive. Ozma had been quite curious to meet the famous man who had built the Emerald City, 
and united the Munchkins, Gillikins, Quadlings, and Winkies into one people. So when they were all four seated at the dinner table, the princess said, Please tell me, Mr. Wizard, whether you called yourself Oz after this great country, or whether you believe my country is called Oz after you. It is a matter that I have long wished to inquire about, because you are of a strange race, and my own name is Ozma. No one, I am sure, is better able to explain this mystery than you. That is true, answered the little wizard. Therefore, it will give me pleasure to explain my connection with your country. In the first place, I must tell you that I was born in Omaha, and my father, who was a politician, named me Oscar Zoroaster Phadric Isaac Norman Henkel Emmanuel Ambrose Diggs. Diggs being the last name because he could think of no more to go before it. Taken together, it was a dreadfully long name to weigh down a poor innocent child, and one of the hardest lessons I ever learned was to remember my own name. When I grew up, I just called myself O.Z., because the other initials were P-I-N-H-E-A-D, and that spelled Pinhead, which was a reflection on my intelligence. Surely no one could blame you for cutting your name short, said Ozma sympathetically. But didn't you cut it almost too short? Perhaps so, replied the wizard. When a young man, I ran away from home and joined a circus. I used to call myself a wizard and do tricks of ventriloquism. What does that mean? asked the princess. Throwing my voice into any object I pleased, to make it appear that the object was speaking instead of me. Also, I began to make balloon ascensions on my balloon, and on all the other articles I used in the circus, I painted the two initials O.Z. to show that those things belonged to me. One day my balloon ran away with me, and brought me across the deserts to this beautiful country. When the people saw me come from the sky, they naturally thought me some superior creature, and bowed down before me. I told them I was a wizard and showed them some easy tricks that amazed them, and when they saw the initials painted on the balloon, they called me Oz. Now I begin to understand, said the princess, smiling. At that time, continued the wizard, busily eating his soup while talking, there were four separate countries in this land, each one of the four being ruled by a witch. But the people thought my power was greater than that of the witches, and perhaps the witches thought so too, for they never dared oppose me. I ordered the Emerald City to be built just where the four countries cornered together, and when it was completed, I announced myself the ruler of the Land of Oz, which included all the four countries of the Munchkins, the Gillikins, the Winkies, and the Quadlings. Over this land I ruled in peace for many years, until I grew old and longed to see my native city once again. So when Dorothy was first blown to this place by a cyclone, I arranged to go away with her in a balloon, but the balloon escaped too soon and carried me back alone. After many adventures I reached Omaha, only to find that all my old friends were dead or had moved away. So having nothing else to do, I joined a circus again and made my balloon ascensions until the earthquake caught me. That is quite a history, said Ozma, 
But there is a little more history about the Land of Oz that you do not seem to understand, perhaps for the reason that no one ever told it to you. Many years before you came here, this land was united under one ruler, as it is now, and the ruler's name was always Oz, which means in our language great and good, or if the ruler happened to be a woman, her name was always Ozma. But once upon a time, four witches leagued together to depose the king and rule the four parts of the kingdom themselves. So when the ruler, my grandfather, was hunting one day, one wicked witch named Mombi stole him and carried him away, keeping him close prisoner. Then the witches divided up the kingdom and ruled the four parts of it until you came here. That was why the people were so glad to see you and why they thought from your initials that you were their rightful ruler. But at that time, said the wizard thoughtfully, there were two good witches and two wicked witches ruling in the land. Yes, replied Ozma, because a good witch had conquered Mombi in the north and Glinda the good had conquered the evil witch in the south. But Mombi was still my grandfather's jailer and afterward my father's jailer. When I was born, she transformed me into a boy, hoping that no one would ever recognize me and know that I was the rightful princess of the Land of Oz. But I escaped from her and am now the ruler of my people. I am very glad of that, said the wizard, and hope you will consider me one of your most faithful and devoted subjects. We owe a great deal to the wonderful wizard, continued the princess, for it was you who built this splendid emerald city. Your people built it, he answered. I only bossed the job, as we say in Omaha. But you ruled it wisely and well for many years, said she, and made the people proud of your magical art. So as you are now too old to wander abroad and work in a circus, I offer you a home here as long as you live. You shall be the official wizard of my kingdom and be treated with every respect and consideration. I accept your kind offer with gratitude, gracious princess, the little man said in a soft voice, and they could all see that teardrops were standing in his keen old eyes. It meant a good deal to him to secure a home like this. He's only a humbug wizard, though, said Dorothy, smiling at him. And that is the safest kind of wizard to have, replied Ozma promptly. Oz can do some good tricks, humbug or no humbug, announced Zeb, who was now feeling more at ease. He shall amuse us with his tricks tomorrow, said the princess. I have sent messengers to summon all of Dorothy's old friends to meet her and give her welcome, and they ought to arrive very soon now. Indeed, the dinner was no sooner finished than in rushed the scarecrow to hug Dorothy in his padded arms and tell her how glad he was to see her again. The wizard was also most heartily welcomed by the straw man, who was an important personage in the land of Oz. How are your brains? inquired the little humbug, as he grasped the soft, stuffed hands of his old friend. Working finely, answered the scarecrow. I'm very certain, Oz, that you gave me the best brains in the world, for I can think with them day and night when all other brains are fast asleep. How long did you rule the Emerald City after I left here? was the next question. Quite a while, until I was conquered by a girl named General Ginger, but Ozma soon conquered her with the help of Glinda the Good, 
and after that I went to live with Nick Chopper, the Tin Woodman. Just then a loud cackling was heard outside, and when a servant threw open the door with a low bow, a yellow hen strutted in. Dorothy sprang forward and caught the fluffy fowl in her arms, uttering at the same time a glad cry. Oh, Belina, she said, how fat and sleek you've grown. Why shouldn't I? asked the hen in a sharp, clear voice. I live on the fat of the land, don't I, Ozma? You have everything you wish for, said the princess. Around Belina's neck was a string of beautiful pearls, and on her legs were bracelets of emeralds. She nestled herself comfortably in Dorothy's lap until the kitten gave a snarl of jealous anger and leaped up with a sharp claw fiercely bared to strike Belina a blow. But the little girl gave the angry kitten such a severe cuff that it jumped down again without daring to scratch. How hard of you, Eureka! cried Dorothy. Is that the way to treat my friends? You have queer friends, seems to me, replied the kitten in a surly tone. Seems to me the same way, said Belita scornfully, if that beastly cat is one of them. Look here, said Dorothy sternly. I won't have any quarreling in the land of Oz, I can tell you. Everybody lives in peace here and loves everybody else, and unless you two, Belina and Eureka, make up and be friends, I'll take my magic belt and wish you both home again immediately, so there. They were both much frightened at the threat and promised meekly to be good, but it was never noticed that they became very warm friends for all that. And now the tin woodman arrived, his body most beautifully nickel-plated, so that it shone splendidly in the brilliant light of the room. The tin woodman loved Dorothy most tenderly, and welcomed with joy the return of the little old wizard. Sir, said he to the latter, I can never thank you enough for the excellent heart you once gave me. It has made me many friends, I assure you and it beats as kindly and lovingly today as it ever did. I'm glad to hear that, said the wizard. I was afraid it would get moldy in that tin body of yours. Not at all, returned Nick Chopper. It keeps finely being preserved in my air-tight chest. Zeb was a little shy when first introduced to these queer people, but they were so friendly and sincere that he soon grew to admire them very much even finding some good qualities in the yellow hen. But he became nervous again when the next visitor was announced. This, said Princess Ozma, is my friend Mr. H. M. Wogglebug, T.E., who assisted me one time when I was in great distress, and is now the Dean of the Royal College of Athletic Science. Ah, said the wizard, I'm pleased to meet so distinguished a personage. H. M., said the Wogglebug pompously, means highly magnified, and T.E. means thoroughly educated. I am in reality a very big bug, and doubtless the most intelligent being in all this broad domain. How well you disguise it, said the wizard, but I don't doubt your word in the least. Nobody doubts it, sir, replied the Wogglebug, and drawing a book from his pocket, the strange insect turned its back on the company and sat down in a corner to read. Nobody minded this rudeness, which might have seemed more impolite in one less thoroughly educated, 
so they straightway forgot him and joined in a merry conversation that kept them well amused until bedtime arrived. End of chapter 15 Well, that damn Wogglebug's back, huh? It's not as bad as a Mangaboo. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Wogglebug wobble either, he's, but he is liked in the chat room. He's better than the Mangaboo. <laughs> Wogglebug, Mangaboo. Say that five times fast. Uh, yeah, Foxfire likes the Wogglebug, so I'm trying to see his good side. <laughs> That's good. You're trying to, you know, see. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to like my friends' friends. You know. Sure. I don't sure. have to. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Hear you. Oh, Massive kiddo. kiddo drop. Massive kiddo drop. Belina's reunion with kiddo is not quite what she imagined. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That is great. So, There's some piglets you, involved. Some piglets. There's some baby kiddos. Some kidlets. Yep. Kidlets. Kidlets, piglets. What is... Belina's like, what is happening here? And Everything Bi has and changed. And Bilna. Bilna. <laughs> Bilna. I think... Was Bilna... Was that the way just that one narrator was saying? Or, or was that the way Dorothy said it with her weird Kansas accent? No, that was the way uh, that one... Um, that Narrator. one fella, it was it was one of the dramatized, um, yeah, versions we were listening to, and one of the yeah. readers kept saying, a guy kept saying Bilma. It's like Bilma. he was so impressed by the sound of his own voice, he didn't bother trying to pronounce things properly. Yeah. So. Oh, that's rough. Um. Yeah. Kiddo drop. So, oh, uh, there we go. Thank you, Foxfire. Gorgeous as always. Um, yeah. Love it. And uh, I say we should probably jump back into the next one, and I'll set to coloring. Let's do it. Chapter 16 of Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Jim the Cab Horse Jim the Cab Horse found himself in possession of a large room with a green marble floor and carved marble wainscoting which was so stately in its appearance that it would have awed anyone else. Jim accepted it as a mere detail, and at his command the attendants gave his coat a good rubbing, combed his mane and tail, and washed his hoofs and fetlocks. Then they told him dinner would be served directly, and he replied that they could not serve it too quickly to suit his convenience. First they brought him a steaming bowl of soup, which the horse eyed in dismay. Take that stuff away, he commanded. Do you take me for a salamander? They obeyed at once, and next served a fine large turbot on a silver platter, with drawn gravy poured over it. Fish, cried Jim with a sniff. Do you take me for a tomcat? Away with it. The servants were a little discouraged, but soon they brought in a great tray containing two dozen nicely roasted quail on toast. Well, well, said the horse, now thoroughly provoked. Do you take me for a weasel? How stupid and ignorant you are. In the land of Oz, what dreadful things you feed upon. Is there nothing that is decent to eat in this palace? The trembling servants sent for the royal steward, who came in haste and said, what would your highness like for dinner? 
"'Highness?' repeated Jim, who was unused to such titles. "'You are at least six feet high, and that is higher than any other animal in this country,' said the steward. "'Well, my highness would like some oats,' declared the horse. "'Oats? We have no whole oats,' the steward replied with much deference. "'But there is any quantity of oatmeal which we often cook for breakfast.' "'Oatmeal is a breakfast dish,' added the steward humbly. "'I'll make it a dinner dish,' said Jim. "'Fetch it on, but don't cook it as you value your life.' You see, the respect shown the worn-out old cab-horse made him a little arrogant, and he forgot he was a guest, never having been treated otherwise than as a servant since the day he was born, until his arrival in the land of Oz. But the royal attendants did not heed the animal's ill-temper. They soon mixed a tub of oatmeal with a little water, and Jim ate it with much relish. Then the servants heaped a lot of rugs upon the floor, and the old horse slept on the softest bed he had ever known in his life. In the morning, as soon as it was daylight, he resolved to take a walk and try to find some grass for breakfast. So he ambled calmly through the handsome arch of the doorway, turned the corner of the palace, wherein all seemed asleep, and came face to face with the sawhorse. Jim stopped abruptly, being startled and amazed. The sawhorse stopped at the same time and stared at the other with its queer protruding eyes, which were mere knots in the log that formed its body. The legs of the sawhorse were four sticks driven into holes bored in the log. Its tail was a small branch that had been left by accident and its mouth a place chopped in one end of the body, which projected a little and served as a head. The ends of the wooden legs were shod with plates of solid gold, and the saddle of the Princess Ozma, which was of red leather set with sparkling diamonds, was strapped to the clumsy body. Jim's eyes stuck out as much as those of the sawhorse, and he stared at the creature with his ears erect and his long head drawn back until it rested against his arched neck. In this comical position, the two horses circled slowly around each other for a while, each being unable to realize what the singular thing might be which it now beheld for the first time. Then Jim exclaimed, "'For goodness sake, what sort of a being are you?' "'I'm a sawhorse,' replied the other. "'Oh, I believe I've heard of you,' said the cab-horse. "'But you are unlike anything that I expected to see.' "'I do not doubt it,' the sawhorse observed with a tone of pride. "'I am considered quite unusual.' "'You are indeed, but a rickety wooden thing like you has no right to be alive.' "'I couldn't help it,' returned the other, rather crestfallen. "'Ozma sprinkled me with a magic powder, and I just had to live. "'I know I'm not much account, but I'm the only horse in all the land of Oz, "'so they treat me with great respect.' "'You? A horse? "'Oh, not a real one, of course. "'There are no real horses here at all, but I'm a splendid imitation of one.' "'Jim gave an indignant neigh.' "'Look at me!' he cried. "'Behold a real horse!' The wooden animal gave a start, and then examined the other intently. "'Is it possible that you are a real horse?' he murmured. "'Not only possible, but true,' replied Jim, who was gratified by the impression he had created. 
It is proved by my fine points. For example, look at the long hairs on my tail with which I can whisk away the flies. The flies never bother me, said the sawhorse. And notice my great strong teeth with which I nibble the grass. It is not necessary for me to eat, observed the sawhorse. Also examine my broad chest, which enables me to draw deep, full breaths, said Jim proudly. I have no need to breathe, returned the other. Oh, you miss many pleasures, remarked the cab horse pityingly. You do not know the relief of brushing away a fly that has bitten you, nor the delight of eating delicious food, nor the satisfaction of drawing a long breath of fresh, pure air. You may be an imitation of a horse, but you're a mighty poor one. Oh, I cannot hope ever to be like you, sighed the sawhorse, but I am glad to meet at last a real horse. You are certainly the most beautiful creature I ever beheld. This praise won Jim completely. To be called beautiful was a novelty in his experience. Said he, Your chief fault, my friend, is in being made of wood, and that I suppose you cannot help. Real horses, like myself, are made of flesh and blood and bones. I can see the bones all right, replied the sawhorse. And they are admirable and distinct. Also, I can see the flesh. But the blood, I suppose, is tucked away inside. Exactly, said Jim. What good is it? asked the sawhorse. Jim did not know, but he would not tell the sawhorse that. If anything cuts me, he replied, the blood runs out to show where I am cut. You, poor thing, cannot even bleed when you are hurt. But I am never hurt, said the sawhorse. Once in a while I get broken up some, but I am easily repaired and put in good order again, and I never feel a break or a splinter in the least. Jim was almost tempted to envy the wooden horse for being unable to feel pain, but the creature was so absurdly unnatural that he decided he would not change places with it under any circumstances. How did you happen to be shod with gold? he asked. Princess Ozma did that, was the reply, and it saves my legs from wearing out. We've had a good many adventures together, Ozma and I, and she likes me. The cab horse was about to reply when suddenly he gave a start and a neigh of terror and stood trembling like a leaf, for around the corner had come two enormous savage beasts, treading so lightly that they were upon him before he was aware of their presence. Jim was in the act of plunging down the path to escape when the sawhorse cried out, Stop, my brothers, stop, real horse. These are friends and will do you no harm. Jim hesitated, eyeing the beast fearfully. One was an enormous lion with clear, intelligent eyes, a tawny mane, bushy and well-kept, and a body like yellow plush. The other was a great tiger with purple stripes around his lithe body, powerful limbs, and eyes that showed through the half-closed lids like coals of fire. The huge forms of these monarchs of the forest and jungle were enough to strike terror in the stoutest heart, and it is no wonder Jim was afraid to face them. But the sawhorse introduced the stranger in a calm tone, saying, This noble horse is my friend the cowardly lion, 
who is the valiant king of the forest, but at the same time a faithful vassal of Princess Ozma, and this is the hungry tiger, the terror of the jungle, who longs to devour fat babies, but is prevented by his conscience from doing so. These royal beasts are both warm friends of little Dorothy, and have come to the Emerald City this morning to welcome her to our fairyland. Hearing these words, Jim resolved to conquer his alarm. He bowed his head with as much dignity as he could muster toward the savage-looking beasts, who in return nodded in a friendly way. Is not the real horse a beautiful animal? asked the sawhorse admiringly. That is doubtless a matter of taste, returned the lion. In the forest he would be thought ungainly because his face is stretched out and his neck is uselessly long, his joints, I notice, are swollen and overgrown, and he lacks flesh and is old in years. And dreadfully tough, added the hungry tiger in a sad voice. My conscience would never permit me to eat so tough a morsel as the real horse. I am glad of that said Jim, for I also have a conscience, and it tells me not to crush in your skull with the blow of my powerful hoof. If he thought to frighten the striped beast by such language, he was mistaken. The tiger seemed to smile and winked one eye slowly. You have a good conscience, friend horse, it said, and if you attend to its teachings, it will do much to protect you from harm. Some day I will let you try to crush in my skull, and afterward you will know more about tigers than you do now. Any friend of Dorothy, remarked the cowardly lion, must be our friend as well. So let us cease this talk of skull-crushing and converse upon more pleasant subjects. Have you breakfasted, Sir Horse? Not yet, replied Jim, but there is plenty of excellent clover, so if you will excuse me I will eat now. He's a vegetarian, remarked the tiger, as the horse began to munch the clover. If I could eat grass, I would not need a conscience, for nothing could then tempt me to devour babies and lambs. Just then Dorothy, who had risen early and heard the voices of the animals, ran out to greet her old friends. She hugged both the lion and the tiger with eager delight, but seemed to love the king of beasts a little better than she did his hungry friend, having known him longer. By the time they had indulged in a good talk, and Dorothy had told them all about the awful earthquake and her recent adventures, the breakfast bell rang from the palace, and the little girl went inside to join her human comrades. As she entered the great hall, a voice called out in a rather harsh tone, "'What? Are you here again?' "'Yes, I am,' she answered, looking all around to see where the voice came from. "'What brought you back?' was the next question, and Dorothy's eye rested on an antlered head hanging on the wall just over the fireplace, and caught its lips in the act of moving. "'Good gracious!' she exclaimed. "'I thought you were stuffed.' "'So I am,' replied the head. "'But once in a while I was part of a gump, which Ozma sprinkled with the powder of life.' I was then for a time the head of the finest flying machine that was ever known to exist, and we did many wonderful things. Afterward the gump was taken apart and I was put back on the wall, but I can still talk when I feel in the mood, which is not often. It's very strange, said the girl. What were you when you were first alive? That I have forgotten, replied the gump's head. 
and I do not think it is of much importance. But here comes Ozma, so I'd better hush up, for the princess doesn't like me to chatter since she changed her name from Tip to Ozma. Just then the girlish ruler of Oz opened the door and greeted Dorothy with a good-morning kiss. The little princess seemed fresh and rosy and in good spirits. Breakfast is served, dear, she said, and I am hungry. So don't let us keep it waiting a single minute. End of chapter 16. Oh, sorry, I was coloring. Didn't get to do the music. Uh, that was an interesting little interaction, though. Uh, yes, between yes, the, totally. The hungry, hungry lion and... Uh, uh, What's the horse's name again? Um, it's Jim, and I always Jim. confuse it because I always think Zeb is a nice oh. <laughs> name for a horse, and Jim is a good, nice name for a person. So they oh, confuse me sometimes. But uh, yeah, the the Gump that was the the moose head on the wall, but the Gump is also I. I anybody in the chat room ever read the magicians or watch the magicians tv show yeah they, it'll take a minute for them to uh well respond, tell me so. but um yeah they they I'm coloring, they borrowed from oz they mostly borrow from a little bit from harry potter and they they borrow a lot from narnia series but a little bit from oz and one of the things they stole from oz is the the concept of the gump as the comfy couch but um okay yeah anyway well, that's interesting yeah but uh yeah that was fun i i like that you know just the the big animals kind of like okay you know kind of puffing up their chests and stuff but then the poor little sawhorse it's like i know i'm a piece of junk it's all right you're cool. yeah I'm yeah glad. he is but it's I like mean, he's like i'm a piece of junk i'm so glad to meet you because you're awesome and Shut then, up, Jim. And Jim's just like, oh, well, you're just a dumb hunk of crap. We'll throw you in the burn pile. You never yeah. know what it's like to eat. It's like taunting Data on Star Trek. So <laughs> It is. Um, it is. Yeah, well, he's a horse, you know. I mean, I think horses would be more considerate than that uh, in real life. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, all right, well, we are running out of time, so we're going to have to just go ahead and blast through one of our Jerry of the Circuses. Okay, okay. Uh, apparently there's some problem with the railroad bridge, everybody. Let's go. Cut the music. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Hey, say, Jerry, <laughs> look out the window here. What for, Bumps? You can't see anything. It's too dark. Well, you can see that automobile road alongside the tracks. Golly, it's all underwater. Mm-hmm. The lights from the windows of our train shine on it. <laughs> Looks almost like a river. More like a river than an automobile road. Well, this part of the country is famous for heavy rains. <laughs> Boy, I'm sure glad we missed that last one. Have you been noticing how the train rocks back and forth? Yeah, I sure have, Jerry. Well, that's because the roadbed's been underwater recently. Well, isn't it dangerous to travel over it? Oh, guess not, Jerry. You notice we're going along pretty slow. The engineer knows his road pretty well. He's not going to take any chances. But that telegram Mr. Randall got from the railroad company said it was dangerous. Well, that was referring to the bridge or trestle. It's an old one, and they're not so sure it'll hold our heavy load. 
Oh, when do we get to it? Well, let's see. Oh, about oh, it's half past now. Let's see. Oh, I guess we ought to be getting there pretty soon now. Mr. Randall said he was going to examine the bridge, and if it really is weak, he was going to find another way to get the circus to the next town. <laughs> yeah, that's just like Sam. He'll go through most anything not to disappoint folks. Even take a chance of breaking part of his show. But how will we get across the bridge? Don't guess we'll get across if it won't hold the train. But he'll figure something out. He always does. We're slowing down now. Yes, here we are, Jerry. Must be getting close to that trestle. Oh, come in. Yeah, what are you two doing up this hour? Come on, Mr. Randall. Well, Jerry here wanted to stay up and see what this weak bridge is all about, Sam. And you sure take a keen interest in this outfit, Jerry. I love the circus, Mr. Randall. It's my home and everything, and if it wasn't for you and the circus, I don't know where I'd be now. Well, I guess you'd be in an orphanage, Jerry. Yeah, that's where I'd be. I'm glad to see you take such an interest in the show. I did the same thing when I was a boy. Oh, say, I guess we're up to that trestle, Sam. Oh, yeah. Well, i better get out there and look it over. Can I come with you, Mr. Randall? You bet you can. Come on. You want to go, Rag? I'll see you later, Bob. Yeah, okay, Sam. Now, now watch your step out there, Jerry. Oh, I will. Bye. How far are we from the next stand, Mr. Randall? Well, something like 15 miles, Jerry. It's going to be a long haul if we can't cross this trestle. Oh, what do we do? I mean, how do we get to the next town? Well, that's something that uh, will have to be figured out. Coming, Rags? You, Mr. Randall? Uh, yeah. Quiet, Rags. I'm the brakeman. Oh, yeah. I don't think we'd better take a chance crossing here. I just had a talk with the engineer, and he doesn't think we can make it. I thought they were going to reinforce the trestle. Well, I had a crew on it until midnight. But the ground is so water-soaked, the pilings don't hit bottom. Mm. There's much can be done till the ground dries out. Well, that's that. Any other bridges across this river? There's a wagon bridge down yonder. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I see it. Just a wooden one. It's awful steep going down to it. Yeah, well, I guess that's our only hope. Well, what do you mean, Mr. Randall? Well, we'll have to unload here and use the horses and the bull elephants to get us into town. I'll tell the engineer to uncouple them. Okay, I guess that's all we can do. Won't the elephants break the bridge? Well, we'll have to test it, Jerry. How? Well, come on, let's get Olson. You'll see. Jerry, come on, boy. Will it take a long time to get to the town? Uh, even if we can get across the little bridge? Oh, that's the trouble, Jerry. I'm afraid we'll be plenty late setting up this day. Then the matinee will be late starting, won't it? Yeah, sure will, but we'll be lucky to do a show at all. Now, here's Olson's car. Come on. Where's Rags? He's right here. Oh, Okay. Everybody is sleeping and don't even know about all the trouble. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Olson! Olson, come on, wake up! Oh. Yeah. Well, were we in? Uh, no, not all the way. We've run into some grief. Oh, what's the matter? Uh, can't make it across the Horn River trestle. Come on, get your bulls unloaded, and we've got a long haul ahead. We'll be with you right away. Sounds bad, boy. Uh, it may be bad. I'm just taking a chance that a... That little wooden bridge will hold our load. Want me to send Gertie over to test it? Yeah. Oh, so that's how you test the bridge. Oh, hello there, Jerry. I didn't see you standing there in the doorway. Oh, Mr. Olson. <laughs> and Rags. <laughs> hello there, fella. Well, I'll see you down to Carlson. Hurry it up. Come on, Jerry. Okay, I'll have my herd off in a few minutes. Where are we going now, Mr. Randall? Well, we'll go get Paul now and see uh, so that he can get his men out. You mean Paul Murray? Yeah, yeah. Well, where does he sleep? Right here in this car. Come on, Rags. <laughs> Bark, Jerry. That's as good a way to wake up the men as any. Here we are. Paul, come on. Up and at him. Okay, be right with you. Oh, oh, it's you, Mr. Randall. Well, good morning. We're going to have have to move the show from here, Paul. Where are we? Let's see here. Wait, we're not in yet. No, no, we're about 15 miles from town. Can't get across the Horn River trestle. 
I'll have to haul in somehow. I'll be dressed in a minute. Get your men up, Paul. See you outside. Okay, boss. Come on, Jerry. I'm right with you, Mr. Randall. Well, the first thing we have to do is to see if that little bridge is strong enough. Aren't you going to wake up everybody now? Oh, no, Jerry. No use getting the performers up yet. Oh, you get them all over the town. Well, send some buses over for them uh, after we all get the equipment moved. Oh, look, uh, there's Olsen now. Where are you coming, Olsen? I'll have Gertie out in a minute. Hey, Spike, you and uh, Rusty, put up that ramp. They sure work fast, Mr. Randall. Yeah, but we won't have any time to spare no matter how fast they work today. I'll get Gertie now, boss. You're to the baggage dock? Everybody's awake. All right. Oh, you see Gertie, don't you, Ray? Hey, here she comes, Jerry. Come on, Gertie. That's a nice girl. Come on now. That's the way. Come on there. There we are. Hey, Rusty. Yeah. Uh, bring a couple of more of those lanterns. Okay, boss. Uh, which way, Mr. Randall? Right over here. See the road? Leads right down to that little bridge. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, it's pretty steep grade down there. Yeah, uh, not so steep on the other side, though. That's a help. You can't scare Gertie and she don't want to. <laughs> Looks like Rags picked on a pretty big playmate. <laughs> easy, girl, now. Come on, take it easy. That's the way. Take your time. Take your time. Mr. Randall. Yeah, yeah, she makes pretty sure of her footing when she can't see where she's going. Hmm. Well, there's the bridge. Not a very big one, but I guess you'd call it a bridge. How is Gertie going to test the bridge? Uh, you'll see. Uh, here we are. Come on, Gertie. Easy there now. Easy, girl. Yeah, I think the bridge will take the load okay. It looks pretty strong. Yes, it looks okay, boss. Yeah, you see? There she goes. Gertie's not stopping. What does he mean by that, Mr. Randall? Well, Gertie's the head elephant, Jerry. She won't go across unless she knows it'll take her weight. They sort of feel how strong the thing is as they step along. She wouldn't cross it unless she was absolutely sure of it. Yes, and none of the other elephants will go across if Gertie refuses. You couldn't drive them over. Golly, they sure are smart. Well, you satisfied, Orson? Yep. Yeah, we'll run the herd over now, and if it holds them, we can move the whole show over without any worry. All right. Hey, up there, bring the rest of the bulls down. You up there, Paul? Right. Uh, bring your mess wagons down right after the bulls. Be right on their heels. Here they come. Yeah. Well, you and Rags, be careful now, Jerry. Keep clear. I'll watch out. Bring them right over, Rusty. All right, here they come, Gertie. Tell them to go get across over, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. She's letting them know she got over okay. Yeah, this bridge being here and being strong enough is sure a lifesaver. It'll be a mighty long, tough haul, though. Here comes the first wagon. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as we get all the mess wagons over... Uh, take the bulls back up for the heavy hauling, Olsen. Okay, boss. I'll go along with the first wagon to some place where I can get an automobile. And then go on into town and send some buses back for the performer. Will I go with you? Oh, no, Jerry, no. You go back up to your car and go to bed for an hour or so. You and Bumps can come over with the rest of the folks in a, in a bus. All right, hold it. Hold that wagon. I'm riding with you. Okay, boss. All right, Olsen. Yeah? Uh, tell Jim Bennett my plans. Tell him to pass the word around. Okay, and you go right up to your car, Jerry, and get out of the way. All right, Mr. Randall, I will. Come on, Rex. All right, Joe.
Jerry. Say, that was quite an experience for you last night, wasn't it? I'll say. Golly, Mr. Randall is sure smart, isn't he, Bob? <laughs> he sure is. I have the first time to see him stumped. We won't be so very late, will we? Well, I'm ready to go on now. I mean, the show won't be awful late, will it? Well, now, let's see. Oh, I'd say just about an hour late. Hey, there are lots of folks waiting at the main gate already. Why don't they let them into the menagerie until everything is ready under the big top? Well, I guess that's what's holding them up, Jerry. They just put the last of the animal cages in there a minute ago. Oh, Kelly will let them in as soon as they're all set. I bet those razorbacks and hostlers and all the men that worked all night are sure tired. Yeah, to say nothing of the horses and the elephants. Those animals sure did a wonderful job, Jerry. Yeah, and they were sure thirsty this morning. Oh, why do you help me with the watering? Mm -hmm. Did you have your breakfast? I didn't see you in the mess tent. Sure, I ate early and got right over to the horse car. What's the matter, Ray? Hey, he sees something outside the door. Look at It's Johnny Bradley and Slats and Hooligan. And there's the bearded lady with them. Yeah. Say, she's all excited about something. I think I'll just step out there and see what's going on. No, Rags, you can't go. You stay right here. I should think you'd have had enough excitement for one day. It isn't every dog gets to see how you did last night. Elephants testing bridges and all that. Why, you're a lucky dog. Yes, you are. I guess you know it, too. What is it, Bunk? What's the matter? I'll tell you in just a minute, Jerry. Rags, be good now. It looks pretty bad, Jerry. What's the matter? Tell me. Well, you know how much the bearded lady thinks a major might. Yes, yeah, she sure likes him all right. Well, uh, the poor woman is frantic. The major is missing. Missing? What do you mean, Bonks? Well, he's the only one not accounted for. They've looked all over for him. Everybody on the lot is looking for him, and, and Mr. Randall is upset about it. But where could he be? You think he got lost back of the bridge? Well, I don't know, Jerry, but this is not so good, having Major Mike disappear. Kiddo, purple kiddo, anything could happen. We've got two minutes to say goodbye and good night. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, we can go over a few minutes. It's fine. Um, oh, you were you put voodoo zombie boutiques. Time for go to bed. <laughs> yeah, since we're talking about it, you know. This episode of Time for Go to Bed has been brought to you by our sponsor, Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Us. <laughs> Come on, let's pretend like we've got a sponsor. <coughs> Come on. Voodoo Zombie Boutique, a division of us. <laughs> uh, See, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, uh, Major Might is back. There's a cliffhanger for you. Where the heck is Major Might? I know where Major Might is because I read the title of the next episode. Oh, wow. I won't spoil it. But Don't. it's kind of awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We're, we're smell the evil. Out. Like, you can smell evil. Can, you, can and, you smell evil? And the person who wrote the titles kept calling him Major Mike. It's Major <laughs> Mike. It's Major Might. M-I-T-E. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Because he's a little person. So, the you know, Mike. Major Might. Like he's tiny. Yeah. 
exactly. like a tiny little bug, like a mite. Yeah, which is kind of dehumanizing, but we didn't write it. So. And then Livin says, can that dog smell evil? Like, he doesn't know that dog is Rags. Rags. Does he not know Rags' name? He knows Rags' name. Come He's on. just saying that dog. I don't think he does. Well, it's just like does. you said, the cat's asleep the other day. You're talking about Tennessee. He has well, a Tennessee. When Tennessee's asleep, you can walk in and out of the door easily without... Him trying to... <laughs> throw himself Escape. headlong into the wild. Jeliza Rose's arms, yeah. Uh, so anyway, our cats are all looking at me because they're hungry and they see yeah. him talking. Time to well, feed those cats, 901. Time for feed the cats. Time for feed the cats. Time for make some sales. Time for feed some cats. Time for go to bed. You so, got it. Hope everybody doesn't mind us changing a little bit. We just wanted a little more conversation and talk about and, and to be able to talk about something that we are passionate about. And um, yeah. you know, but we still like the stories. We still like having kiddo, and I really enjoy Jerry the Circus. Um, so let's. Uh, but yeah, so tomorrow on it came from Cleveland. Uh, we're going to be talking about two amazing authors who have permeated the landscape of science fiction and horror. Of course, that's H.G. Uh, Wells and Stephen King, because they have birthdays this oh, nice. week. And uh, so we'll be talking about uh, several film adaptations of their works. Uh, Miles has another World War II story, and uh, we will be hitting uh, the Twilight Zone once again. So nice. that's very exciting. Nice, nice. And apparently Michelle got some Monster Mash cereal, which I need to own. It's the 50th anniversary of the Monster cereals. Okay, out we go. So, anyway. <laughs> See everybody right. next week. See you next week.